Welcome to the Tool Shed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From the MLB draft all the way to the show, we're here to help give you the edge in your dynasty leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. Welcome into episode 187 of the Tool Shed with Clayton Cross, powered by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have a really fun episode today, kind of looking into the future a little bit. And with me to do so is my AD rate co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, how's it going, man? It's good. I'm just happy that baseball's back. Everything's in full swing with spring training and college ball. It's it's going good, and I'm excited. This episode is is racked my brain already. We haven't even started. Just trying to figure out who we're gonna put in. It's the crystal ball episode. It's everybody's everybody's one of the favorites that we get each year. Like everybody talks about this episode and really likes it. So we had to obviously do it again. We've done it every year, and my brain's fried. Like trying to figure out who is gonna be a top twenty five prospect this time next year. I'm really struggling with that. Yeah, it's always like, it's it's fun to do. And then you, you have your, you'll get like, all right, here's my 25. And you see like five more, you're like, crap. I got to throw them in there somewhere. So yeah, it, it's definitely a fun exercise. Chris and I do not know each other's risk. We are not like match up on eligibility either. Like, you know, maybe he thinks someone will graduate this year that I won't or vice versa. So yeah, we don't know. I don't know any of his 25. He doesn't know any of mine. So it's going to be fun, and we'll give, obviously, we won't go super deep on every prospect here because that'll be a long episode, but maybe if there's some surprising picks or whatever or some notable picks, we will throw some analysis or further analysis in on them. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like he, Chris mentioned, this has been a like a fan favorite or a listener favorite, I should say, for the last couple of years, always done well. So I figured hey, right about now, you know, we're getting end of February, March is almost here. Good time to do so with spring training kicking up here. This will be a lot of fun. But before we get into that, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter, Chris that Roto Clegg. I'm at Aircross04, and our show is at Toolshed Pod. If you enjoy this podcast, please write and review. Check out my Patreon for more work from me and Chris's subject for more work from him. Obviously, all of our rankings are over there if you want to see those, plus a lot more fun stuff. And before we get into the show, we want to say a quick word about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. If you sign up using the promo code Toolshed, you'll receive a 100% deposit match up to $100, and that can be used on any of their fun fantasy games, including MLB best balls, individual player pickums across all sports, and so much more. Sign up today using the code Toolshed at play.underdogfantasy.com/slash the letter P dash the dash Toolshed. All right, Chris, let's get right into it here before my voice sounds even more like crap than it already does. I'm getting over. COVID and I've already talked a lot today on other podcasts and and Potapalooza and everything so my voice probably sounds like crap so I apologize but I'll soldier through we'll go 25 to 1 because that's the fun way of doing it a little countdown of sorts again we don't know either of each other's list not a single damn player so Chris why don't you go uh, 25 to 21 I'd really like to do more than 25 because I keep like adding players I'm like, yeah same here oh like I don't, I don't know. I want to like have an honorable mention section. Maybe we do that at the end. We just throw in some couple more. Yeah, names. let's do that at the end. Yeah. All right. So right now, <laughs> it may change throughout the pod, but at uh, twenty-five to twenty-one, I have Noel Marte, who I think bounces back strong this year. 
I've got Colton Montgomery, who had a really strong first full season. My boy, Tyler Locklear, who I think is going to make a Kyle Manzardo-esque rise this year. Ricky Tiedemann, I don't think he graduates. And I'm people say, well, I need higher. Well, I'm just generically not as high on pitching prospects. So I think you know, there's some people that could pass him, blah, 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 et cetera. And then I've got Samuel Zavala at 21. All right. Those are, so you got, see, Locklear, probably the two, eh, probably the three more surprising ones are Zavala, Locklear, and Montgomery. Who was like, out of those three, Chris, who was like the, the first one you thought of? Like, all right, this, this guy's a lock to be up here. Tiedemann, because he was already in the top. He's already in my current top 25. And I don't, I thought about him going higher, but I'm just looking at the bats ahead of him. I'm like, man, all these bats could make like really big rises. And some of the bats are already ahead of him. So it was fairly easy for me to have Tiedemann in the top 25, but it was harder for me to figure out where to place him. Like currently, I've got two pitching prospects in the top 10 with Painter and G-Rod. They're both going to graduate, in, at least in my opinion. And after that, like I just don't, I don't know. I don't see, for me personally, I think Tiedemann's a tier below the big three with Yuri Perez and then G-Rod and Painter. So Personally, I just struggled where to place him, but I just kind of landed here just because I like a lot of the bats more. So Tiedemann was the easiest to be in the top 25, but also the hardest one to place, I think. Yeah, and I have Tiedemann in my top, my top 25 as well. Spoiler alert, but yeah, I, I think he's a safe bet to be up here. So your 25 to 21 was Noel V, Montgomery, Locklear, Tiedemann, and who was, who was 21? Samuel Zavala. Oh, Zavala. That's right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm marking these down next to mine so we can post these on Twitter a little bit after the show. I thought about, you know, I'm not quite as high on Montgomery and Locklear as you are, though I do like both. Zavala's one that I kind of, you know, he might be in an honorable mention or at least close to it. He's one that I definitely thought about. Both Zavala's uh, I actually thought about uh, putting up in here. So I guess they'll both be honorable mentions for me. Yeah. All right. I, can, well, go ahead. I'll just I'll just note on Locklear like why I think he's so special. Yeah. Everything and I think a lot of people doubted that you know he could step up and perform because he you know, played at VCU, like he was at a mid-major school. So he was his performance wouldn't translate. Like the stuff he did in college was was super elite. And everybody's like, I right, it won't, it won't happen again. But it did. The numbers just backed up and he was even better. So in his Three college seasons, he had a full, you know, so 132 game sample, 628 plate appearances, slash of 361, 513, 704, 37 home runs. He even shipped in 14 steals. I don't think he's going to be a stolen base threat, but hey, that's uh, at least something to to mention. And really, that's pretty much over two seasons. He he only played 16 games as a freshman, or that was actually 2020, so he lost the year anyway. But Mash's baseballs, he came up and was dominant. Last year in the minors, 285, 366, 504 slash, seven home runs and just 142 plate appearances. And he makes elite contact, doesn't strike out often. He doesn't miss on pitches in the zone. I mean, he had a 88% zone contact in his debut last year. His EVs are really, really good. Hard hit rate near 45% and a 90th EV near 105. Like those are really good numbers. And the power, he's got Manzardo-esque contact with a little more chase, so got to kind of knock him a bit there. Manzardo-esque zone contact with more power. And you know how everybody values Mikhail Manzardo right now? So for me, it was like, okay, like I really do believe that this guy's going to make that rise. Montgomery is 
similar. I think Montgomery's just a super high floor. I mean, he posted very solid numbers across the board, very good contact numbers, low chase numbers, and good EVs. And that frame just kind of screams like developing power to me. So Colson Montgomery's one that I think he's already you know, borderline. He's like top 40 for me. So I think with the graduates, he just naturally moves up because he's a high floor. And I don't think there's much regression this year. I think he's going to just keep hitting. Yeah, the, the, I like those guys a lot. Again, I, I, I just don't think Montgomery gets up that high for for fantasy purposes. Anyway, I think he's, I think he's a guy that I guess he get in the, like my thirty five to fifty range. But I just personally don't think he's top twenty five. But we'll see. Definitely a very good bat. So I definitely could be wrong about that one. All right, my top twenty or my twenty five to twenty one. I should say I'm going Carlos Jorge twenty five. I've been kind of you know very big on Jorge for. A bit now he's shown you know good power speed already so very young was very low levels but you know showing the you know ability to hit for power already i think there's a bit more projection on the frame to add more power speed is there needs to be you know a better base stealer but has the speed you know con- context skills i think are okay i don't think he's gonna be a guy that hits you know 300 or anything like that but you know i got it you know in a neutral park would probably be like 260 Gets a little bit of a boost from that course, you know, Great American Ballpark. Nice Babbitt boost there. On the best hitters park in baseball. Right now, he's been playing a lot of second base. I don't know where he ends up long term. We talked talked about that last episode as well, where like all these talented, you know, hitting prospects in Cincinnati system. Where do they all end up? Who knows? Especially with these guys that are farther away. Like Jorge's still two to three years away, but love the upside. I think he's already in my top one hundred and like the eighty to ninety range. I think he's going to take another big jump up rankings next year and be top 25. So 24, Luis Angel Acuna. 23, I have Termar Johnson. 22, Jackson Merrill. 21, Adele Amador. Another one that I think is being slept on a little bit. He's already shown a phenomenal approach at the plate. More walks and strikeouts. I think he's a guy that could you know, be very, very high OBP type of guy. He hits top, near top of the order. You know, doesn't have great power, but yeah, at cores, I think he could run into like 12 to 15 home runs, something like that. And he's got good speed as well. So a lot to like there. Jackson Merrill, real quick on him too. He's the, you know, the kind of the latest one to get a ton of hype around his name. And he's looked good. He looked good in the minor leagues. He looked good out in the Arizona Fall League. I just wonder if he is one of those guys that is a little bit better for real life than fantasy. Like, I see this, you know, a solid hit tool there, good power, but is he going to run a lot? So I don't know. I, I think he's a guy that can get top 25. Obviously, I have him at 22, but you know, I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets like top 10 or something like that. I think that's kind of how he's being talked about a little bit. So, so my 25 to 21 again, Carlos Jorge, Luis Angel Cunha, Termar Johnson, Jackson Merrill, and Adele Amador. Getting into the top 20 now. Who are your next five, Chris? All right. So. Starting at 20 is Pete Crew Armstrong, followed by Josue De Paula, Dylan Cruz, Zach Veen, and Marcelo Meyer at 16. It's an interesting group, kind of players all over the board. Like I see PCA is kind of like a higher floor player. And that's why I didn't go higher on him, despite him already having a fairly high ranking. I'm not sure that he's just like a, a soaring prospect that we're going to see like go up to like to be a top five or top 10 prospect. But I do think he's a relatively safe prospect and a really good one at that. This is no knock on him at all. We also see the first like 
FYPD guy for next year. Cruz is interesting. I I mean, he hits the ball hard. He makes good contact. Something with his swing just kind of irks me a bit. I don't know. It's the load. Like the, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's kind of like a little hesitant on him. I think he's got like star upside, and we've seen the exit velocities be through the roof. But just watching him, I'm kind of like, eh. And it's why I like another guy in the class better that I'll talk about soon. But no knock on Dylan Cruz being the 18th ranked prospect speaks a lot of volume about him. Dean's interesting. I mean, he's who knows at this point what he is, but I will say he's added a decent bit of muscle this offseason. There was an article about that. I didn't, he must have done it pretty quick because he did not have that muscle added in the AFL. He was still pretty skinny and he must have just busted his butt after the AFL and it's really added some weight. So he's an interesting one. If he, I mean, we've seen him already post a 115 EV this spring. So that's obviously pretty substantial. After that, I don't know. If he keeps the speed, if the power comes, like Veen's one that I think really sacrificed a bit of power for contact skills, which I don't I don't hate that at all. But it was a weird profile that changed pretty dramatically after after the draft. With that being said, if he transforms the profile a bit and has more power and keeps the speed and the stolen bases. I think Veen's pretty intriguing. So Veen had to find a spot on here for me. Couldn't leave him off there. Marcelo Meyer, man, he he's just a gamer. Like he's not going to be like a a stud fantasy bat. I don't think. Like everybody wants to kind of comp him to like Corey Seager. And I'm not sure I'm sold on that. I've seen him a good bit. I, I think he's going to be in Greenville again to start the year. So I probably at least get half a year of him before he bumps up to Double A with you. Hopefully, we see some improvement. I really like what I saw. I'm just not sure we're looking at like a superstar, which is similar. So it's like, okay, well, what? Well, PCA is in a similar boat. So, like, that's why, like, these guys are really good prospects, but they're already high on my list and they're not like soaring up if, if you're wondering, like, why they're not higher. So, those are just a couple guys that I, I do like. I do want to see more consistent contact from Meyer to keep this ranking. And then, Overall, like this is uh, Jose Jose de Paul is probably the biggest wild card because like who knows we only seen him in the DSL, but there's right. a lot of hype around this name. There's actually a lot of film on him compared to most. There's the pedigree too. Like he's he's kind of just different international signing. Like he was in the states actually before. It's like he's grown up. Oh, and that's I'll be light with what I say there, but like he he's had the pedigree. He's had the training in the states. Like. He has everything that you kind of look for. If you get all that at 17, he's he's going to be 17 when the season starts. Man, his contact skills were absolutely insane. He didn't chase. The K-to-walk ratio you know, being even is just impressive. Like, this frame just screams that he's going to add power. So, to me, like, DePaulo is probably the biggest wild card here compared to the safe options like PCA and, and Meyer. But, man, like, I think we can dream on DePaulo all day long. And he's a Dodgers prospect, which always helps. Yep. So he's he's one that I included in my honorable mention. So I, I wanted to include him, but just couldn't do it. Almost did. But and I realized as you were talking that I had 26 names on my list. So <laughs> that was 20, 22 I read. So I'll just say six names here to get caught up to the right spot. So at 20, I have Evan Carter. 19, I have Ricky Tiedemann. 18, Junior Caminero. 17, Noel Marte. 
and 16, Zach Veen. So, yep, we're very close on the Zach Veen love there. Obviously, I've always been big on Zach Veen, and I still think the power's in there. You know, I really do think he's going to be, you know, not a 30 homer stud, but like, you know, maybe I think he can get up in like the low 20s. I think that's definitely fair with plenty of speed. You know, he's shown that the speed is legit. Is he going to steal 50 every year? No. But with, hey, with the new rules and bigger bags, like, Maybe he's a guy that's still, you know, 25 plus. So looking at a potential 20, 25 guy, I think the average will be solid enough. Again, I don't think he's a standout there. I don't think he has the contact skills to hit like 280, 290, but, you know, 260, 265, 270 in that range, solid OBP as well. Yeah, I think Veen is still just scratching the surface. And if that power comes along this year, he's going to shoot up rankings in a big way. Junior Camonero, you know, I think we both are very high Camonero, and I have a feeling he'll be on your list as well upcoming. Again, don't know for sure, but I just have a feeling knowing Chris, he'll be on his list as well. You know, the metrics are all very, very good on Camonero. You know, one of the better pure hitters and the better, you know, hit slash power kind of combinations for his age range. Exit velos are there. As I, I mean, I think he's going to take a big step forward this year and definitely be top 25. You know, but maybe even by midseason, he he starts off the year hot. He's going to skyrocket up rankings already more than he already has. And Tiedemann, spoiler alert, he's the only arm on my list. I actually I like him more than Yuri Perez. I know that's kind of going against the grain compared to what most people think, but I am just I feel safer about Tiedemann. I mean, you could say the pure stuff, maybe slight edge to Yuri, but I don't even know, man. Like Tiedemann's got really really good stuff. He's very polished for his age. Like he made his double A debut at, you know, about a week after he turned 20 and he looked he belongs. So it was only a few innings, but everything about this guy, even all the intangibles, I think are there. I think he's going to be an absolute ace pitcher. And I don't like to throw on that term lightly, but he's my only arm on this list. So no more arms ab- above here. But so again, Evan Carter, Ricky Tiedemann, Junior Camarero. Actually, did I forget one? Oh, yeah. So Jason Dominguez was the one that was in the middle there. He was at 21. And then Evan Carter, Ricky Tiedemann, Junior Camarero, Novi Marte, and Zach Veen at 16. Breaking into the top 15 now, 15 through 11. Chris, who you got there? All right, so 15 is Elijah Green, who may make this look silly or make it look terrible. I'm, right? I'm not sure there's much <laughs> in between here with Elijah he, Green. He could, be, he could be five or 105 in rankings. Like It's such a wide range with this guy. Yeah, there's a, a huge range of outcome with Elijah Green. Just He could bust if he doesn't make the contact, but he looked fine last year in his debut. I mean, we know he smokes baseballs. He's a freak athlete. Like, this dude could be playing college football as a tight end. Like, just absolutely built. Power, speed. He's missing one thing, and it's the contact. But I do think it comes. I think that He's too good of an athlete not to figure it out. I know that doesn't always translate, but I really do think he'll be okay. I think that he's one of the players that can run higher K rates and still be successful for fantasy too. And obviously there's another guy on this list that I'm going to talk about that's similar that has massive tools, and you can probably guess who I'm talking about. But everybody, the the new trend is to just say, oh, I'm completely out on this type of player. Like, I don't care what their tools are if they can't make contact, but there's also a certain threshold where your tools are just so good that contact can work itself out. I don't care if you're a 
a 40 grade hitter if you have 70 runs, 70 power. Like eventually that just kind of works itself out. That's not right. to say Green's going to be a 40 grade hitter. Don't know for sure. He could be an average hitter. I think he could get to be a 50 grade hitter. But with that being said, I'm willing to bank on the tools here. The tools are through the roof and way too good to leave off this list. That was a lot. Elijah Green, 15, followed by Jackson Merrill at 14. Wyatt Langford, my other guy who has not been drafted yet. He, there's one, two, Dylan Cruz and Wyatt Langford at 13. Spencer Jones at 12, and Jason Dominguez at 11. This is a really interesting group of upside guys, I think. And a lot could happen with all of these. Crazily enough, Jackson Merrill's probably the safest one of these because his contact skills are just really, really good. With Merrill, you know what you're getting. You're getting a high-contact hitter that doesn't chase that often. He hits the ball hard. I mean, he made major strides with his EVs last year and hard hit rate. The biggest concern is the ground ball rate, 59% last year. Like, that just ain't going to cut it. But I think there's been a conscious effort to lift the ball more. We've seen that. I mean, we saw him in the AFL. He's really working on just driving that back shoulder to really just get more loft on his swing. And I do think it's possible. The good news is he just has to make a small change. I mean, he's already running zone contacts near 90%. Like I said, the EVs could take a jumps again. I mean, frame just screams power. So I'm willing to bet on Jackson Merrill there. Wyatt Langford, I don't think people realize yet how just good this dude is and how impressive his data is too compared to like other draftees it, like even previous draftees over the years like he's pretty insane and the dude just has a easy swing hits the ball with power with ease he does everything you want to do as a hitter and he's doing it against the best competition in college ball pretty stoked that florida will be at south carolina in early april so Definitely going to be there to check him out and all the other studs at Florida. But I really do think that him and Cruz will debut as top prospects, like in the top 25, because of the fact that they're college bats and they're the top of the class too. Like this year was all the prep guys, and we even had some of those prep guys at the top. So Langford, this is com so compared to other top draftees over the last several years. I mean, the data just absolutely insane i mean he has a, a 490 woba in it from 2021 to, to on i mean last year had a 94 mile an hour average ev his 90th percentile being 110.6 i know this is with an aluminum bat but still like that's just otherworldly and he makes good contact to go with it so i'm banking on wyatt langford being a dude and i think he's whether he's the first overall pick or not, like he's likely to be the top guy for FYPDs if everything kind of stays the same. These two are interesting. The next two, Spencer Jones and Jason Dominguez. Spencer Jones, talk about Langford's data. Spencer Jones' data was even better at Vanderbilt. His 90th, 112 miles an hour. I mean, I, again, aluminum bat, but that's like that's like Aaron Judge numbers, just what it is. And I know that's the the boring easy comp because he's huge he's massive like he's the left-handed version of judge but what spencer jones also does is he debuts and just hits the ground running extremely impressive pro debut while just 106 plate appearances i mean the dude ran a 420 wobo which is nuts 
The 90th was 107. So he did see a little drop, but again, we went to wood bats, first taste of pro ball, different pitching. He makes good zone contact. He's such a good athlete, too. He moves pretty well for his size. It, like Judge, he can steal some bases and not a, a zero in that category. So I do think Spencer Jones takes off, and maybe that tells me I'm too low on Spencer Jones for FYPD if I actually do believe this because there's only a couple of FYPD guys that I have above him. But I really do think with a big year, Spencer Jones just vaults his way up, especially because he's a Yankees prospect and especially because we look at like what Aaron Judge did and everybody wants to confident in that. And finally, I'll be short on Jason Dominguez. Said it a lot. I'll say it again. Was massively overrated when he was signed. He became massively underrated really quick. But I think Jason Dominguez is still a really good prospect. His data is really good. He's a good athlete. He still runs well. I mean, the bodies kind of fluctuate all over the board, but he's kind of settled into who he is. Switch hitter, does it from both sides. I just think Jason Dominguez is going to be a dude. He could end up being a top five prospect, and I could be completely wrong on this. But I'm in on Jason Dominguez, and I think that he's one that you should really get in Dynasty Leagues right now. Long-winded, but there's a lot to talk about there in that that group of five. So, Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I don't think I don't think Dominguez gets top five. I, I, I don't think he has that level of upside, but... Again, I have him 21, so I'm, I'm not like that far below you there. But yeah, definitely, it's got to a point. It's, it's been funny for uh, for Dominguez. Like you mentioned, the how he's hit like every end of the spectrum in terms of where his value has been, where his hype has been. And that, you know, that's nothing on him. Like he didn't really do anything to warrant it going so far to one end and then so far to the other end. Like like when he went to be undervalued, like he wasn't bad. He just, he just didn't come out guns a blazing. Like he, I think everyone thought he'd come out first year and be like Jack, what Jackson Churio did last year. Like, that's not fair to expect a 17-year-old prospect to do that or any prospect. And yeah, it's great when we see these guys like Churio do that and break out. It's fun, obviously, just especially if you got them for cheap or picked them up for free, but just not what you should be expecting out of these guys. So, yeah, he's definitely, I think he's still a bit undervalued in general. And yeah, I think he's going to be... I think I'm hoping to see him again. He'll probably start in double A, is what I'm guessing. So probably get some more live looks at him, even though I've already gotten some. I think three or four live looks at him at this point. But be fun to see how how he looks again this year. See if the power is still ticking up. Because if that power continues to tick up and he still is able to run a, a bit as well, even if he's just like a 10 to 15 steel guy, I think that'll be definitely a good little boost to his value. All right, where are we? 11, 15 to 11. So. My 15 to 11, I have one name that matches up with Chris here before different ones. I got Gavin Cross at 15, Edwin Arroyo at 14, Harry Ford 13, Marcelo Mayer at 12, and Spencer Jones is the one that lines up in this range. I have him at 11. So obviously, I've been pretty high. I've been type, you know, hyping up Edwin Arroyo for a little bit now, seeing what he did at the power speed blend that he's already shown at such a young age. And yeah, there were some, you know, there's a little bit of swing and miss issues in, in his profile, but nothing that's like too alarming quite yet. You know, it doesn't have a super high walk rate. So I want, I want to see a little bit better approach. Like the contact skills are, are solid. He's able to, the extra base hit ability is there. He had 49 extra base hits in just 116 games this past year, 14 home runs, 27 steals, only was caught six times. 293, 366, 480 slash line. And, you know, I think in general, this guy is probably 15 to 18 homer guy, 20 plus steals. And then at Coors Field, uh, I keep saying Coors Field, 
at Great American Ballpark. You know, he's going to get a nice boost there. Again, where does he end up? I don't know. I don't know where he's going to to wind up in this Cincinnati picture long term. I think he could play short. He could play some second. Maybe he moves to center field. I don't know, but I think this is a potential 15 plus 25, you know, type of guy with an average that will be pretty solid, you know, 270 plus. Again, I want to see some more patience from him. I think he could get exposed if he keeps being this aggressive against better pitching. He's already made it up to a low A, probably starts the year at high A next year. So I want to see that the high A double A year, I think, is always very telling for a prospect. I think that those jumps up to those levels are a good a good test for any prospect to see what they really are going to be. If it's, you know, just low A, you know, low level induced, or if they're like, all right, is this guy legit? So I think if he is legit, he puts together another good power speed blend year like he did this past year. I think you'll see Edwin Arroyo jump up rankings a good bit. So he's a, he's one of my biggest, one of my bigger targets right now in dynasty leagues. Again, Gavin Cross, I think he, I don't know why he gets undervalued. I, he had great performance in the last couple of years at Virginia Tech and was great in the minor leagues. Like again, if if Dalton Rushing didn't go absolutely bonkers, I think people be talking about the performance that Gavin Cross had. I think there's plus power. I think there's average above average speed. And an average hoop of average hit tool. I don't think there's really any big blaring, you know, holes in this game. There's no huge like strikeout concerns there. Always walked at a pretty solid clip as well. Kansas City has done a pretty good job, I think, with uh, with hitting development, not pitching, but hitting development over the you know the last five years or so. I'm I'm okay with that landing spot in Kansas City, and I think he's gonna be a guy that could be like 25 to 30 home runs. You know, add close double-digit steals or solve with a solid average in OVP. So I like Gavin Cross a lot. Harry Ford, so it's kind of, he, he's got those tools and he's shown, you know, a little bit of each of those tools, but he hasn't really put it together. I think this is going to be the year that he does. They have spoken so, so highly. I know that, you know, you always speak highly of your own players. I get it. But, you know, just they speak even more highly about Harry Ford out there and that Seattle org. Topoto. As even said, he thinks he could be like a plus guy across the board, especially offensively. You know, the, the athleticism is there. He walks at a super, super high clip. Maybe he's too passive. Maybe he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. There's always that fine line, that balance you need to find there, and hopefully he can find that because the raw power, while it's still kind of materializing, I think, I don't know if he's going to be a plus power guy in the one area I'm kind of still questioning, but I think he could be an above average power guy. I think the hit tool will be average or better. Again, OBP skills are elite already. I'd love to see that. Yeah, the speed is there. So whether he sticks to catcher long-term, we'll see. I think he could. But even if he moves to like the outfield, which would probably be the most likely scenario, this is going to be a very fantasy-friendly profile. So I'd go out and get Harry Ford wherever you can. Then you, you kind of already you mentioned Mayer and Jones. I don't, I don't have much to add. But I did just put out a poll just to see who, what people thought. I said in a year from now, which Yankees outfield prospect will be ranked higher? Right now, it's seventy to thirty, Dominguez to Jones. I thought I thought it'd be closer to fifty fifty, but so it's still seventy thirty to make. But I could see Jones being ranked higher. I think if they both hit their like ceilings or like ninety fifth percentile outcomes, I think Jones has higher upside. That is close, but I think Jones has a bit higher upside. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think the general public has has come around on how good Spencer Jones is because 
That's he true. wasn't a top draft pick, and sadly, that's kind of what people look at. Where was where was he taken? 20, 21, 20? Yeah, 21, 22. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember because the Yankees were in the 20s, so yeah, somewhere in that range. And people just kind of look at that, and they're like, oh. <laughs> right. Let's not be that good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Jones is going to be, and again, this has me questioning if I have him ranked too low as well. Like, like you mentioned, like, when we start thinking about long-term value, which I know like our list kind of focus on both of our, our prospect rankings, it kind of makes you wonder, like, all right, if I have Jones ahead of uh, Gavin Cross, I, right now in my rankings, I have Gavin Cross. I think they're back-to-back, but I have Gavin Cross ahead, but I have Jones ahead here. Like, why do I have Jones behind Cross there? I don't know. So, like, I gotta, it's, it's always a process that I'm trying to critique and work on you know, the, the safeness versus the long-term projection. So something I might have to relook at and, and kind of dig into more, but that's very fun list so far. We're now getting into the top 10. I wonder how many names we have similar here. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But uh, Chris, who are your, let's see, 10 through six. All right, let's throw some bets to see how many, the same top 10 we have. I'll, I'll go with one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's see. I know we'll have those four, five. I mean, I'm going to say seven. All right. Because three of my top 10 are, wait a minute. Wait, one. Yeah. Three of my top 10, you've already said. So it can't be more than seven. Yeah. And I know the top four are no doubts. And then, wait a minute, six. Then my, my six, nine, and 10, you have not mentioned yet. And I'd be, very shocked if you didn't have them top 25. So I will say seven. All Let's right. see. Let's do it. All right. Number 10, Jackson Holiday. People may say, why is he not higher? I'm sure I'll get that. But I like Holiday. Want to see more before I go higher on him. Number nine, Emmanuel Rodriguez. A lot of similarities to, to Spencer Jones. I think Emmanuel Rodriguez is going to soar up with a fully healthy season. I mean, the things he did at his age last year were just insane. Again, small sample. Dude's too passive. That's his biggest problem. Like if he can increase his swing rate from like 32% to like 40%, we could be in the money here with a even higher rank than this. Like this may look silly, but dude's hard hit rate, like everything is just really good. So wouldn't be surprised if he's that dissimilar from Spencer Jones in the long run. Obviously a bit younger too. So I like Emmanuel Rodriguez. I have Drew Jones eight which kind of felt a bit low, but I'm a bit hesitant about the shoulder. And maybe that all goes behind me. We've seen Carroll rebound fine from him. We saw Lala rebound from it. But I, I, have, I didn't push Jones up much from his current spot and only had a couple people jump him. So that'll be interesting. His teammate Jordan Lawler is at seven. I don't think Lawler debuts this year. Some do. I don't see it personally. I, I don't see it either. I really don't. There's they, no reason for them to push him. No, there's no reason for them to start a service clock at all. So. For me, he's not even going to take a major league at bat this year, I don't think. Six. This is a fun one, Miguel Blyce. <laughs> Just love it, love it, love it. And you, hopefully you love it as a Red Sox fan. I think that we'll, I'll see him in Greenville. I'm not sure he makes it double-A this year, but I think I get half a year of him in Greenville this year. Yeah. I the, bet you, I, yeah, I don't think I'll see him until 2024. Yeah. Unfortunately, but. The upside here is pretty tremendous. I, I thought I was high on him. And then Eric Longenhang and put him 20th in the Fangraphs top 100. So I was like, dang, I'm not high on him at all in comparison. 
But Ian Cundell told me midseason last year that there was already people in the industry value him as a top 25 prospect. I was like, oh, wow, like that's kind of crazy. True. Like there are scouts around the industry that genuinely do believe that he's a top 25 prospect already. So it'd be easy to see him to jump here. The combo of contact plus power at 18 was nuts. I mean, very few 18 year olds hit the ball harder and had that kind of contact that he did. Again, we saw him only at the complex, but whatever. Like, I think that Miguel Blyce, Blyce, I'm not even exactly sure how you say it, but I do think he's a star in the making. And I think that he's the Sox top prospect after this year. Yep. So I, I was right. His six, nine, and 10 were the guys I was questioning. I, I thought you'd have them in there. And that was Blaise, Rodriguez, and Holiday. So I think we will have seven here. So my 10 through six, I have Emmanuel Rodriguez at 10. I think you could say if this was OBP, you could probably say he could be top five. Like OBP skills, like Chris mentioned, he might be too passive. Like when you're pushing a 500 OBP, it's man, like that is insane. You know, but at the same time, we could see being too passive leads to too many two strike counts, makes the K rate higher than it probably should be. But the if he can be more aggressive, like he, we've seen the raw power from him too. So I think he could be a, a big time power bat with some speed and obviously great OBP skills as well. So I like Rodriguez a lot too. At nine, I got Miguel Blyce. Yeah, I am very, very excited for him. Just in general, I, even if I wasn't a Red Sox fan, I would be very excited about Miguel Blyce and even more so as a Red Sox fan. I think he's got all the upside in the world. If he can just, you know, become more patient as a hitter, obviously he's still very, very young. A lot of time. Like, I don't think we're going to see him until at least 2025, but he's definitely got the upside to be like a five tool fantasy darling. And he's going to hit in a very hitter friendly park. So, yeah, I think you're going to see a massive, massive jump from Miguel Blaze. Then I got two FYPD guys here. I'm a little higher on them, I guess, than Chris is in his rankings. I got Dylan Cruz at eight and Wyatt Langford at seven. I've recently have switched. I've been Cruz one for a bit. I have recently switched Langford to one. I think there's just a bit more category juice there. They even have, you know, Joe, Joe Doyle spoke, you know, very highly of, well, both guys, but especially of Langford. So I have made the switch. Again, it's still very close. I think they could switch back but by the end of the college season. But I think the upside is there. And if, if they, obviously, they're only going to have, you know, a little under half of a season to really, you know, step in and deuce in the minor leagues. But, if they you know have like one of those like you know Dalton rushing Gavin Cross type of performances or even just perform well, I think these are guys that are already going to be pushing top ten in initial rankings. So like I have both well, you and I had Drew Jones top ten or very very close to it, eleven twelve or so. So these are guys that are collegiate guys with huge upsides as well. So I think these are guys that definitely could be top ten prospects by this time next year. And then at six, I have Jackson Holiday there. So. Holiday, you know, I think there's a, I feel weird saying this about a, a prep bat that was just drafted six months ago, whatever it was. Uh, I feel like there's pretty, like a element of safeness with Holiday, at least more so than most prep bats. Like, I think out of the big four prep bats this year, I think he's the safest one out of the four. Maybe he doesn't have the, the pure upside of Elijah Green or of Drew Jones, but. I think there's, you know, if he can bulk up, he's still a little bit on the smaller side, but, you know, quick hands, gets through the zone very well, 
can really drive the ball. But so I think if some with some more added bulk, I think he could be a, a, a good but not great power guy that adds speed as well. I think he's gonna be a, a good, you know, kind of maybe guy that flirts twenty twenty. I don't think he's gonna be ever thirty home runs or thirty steals, but when you add in what looks to be probably a, a pretty good average, great OBP, he already shown an elite OBP potential there and a good well, I think it's going to be a pretty good lineup in Baltimore and a good hitter's park as well, even with the new weird dimensions and the big wall and right. It's a weird ballpark, but still, I think more so a hitter's park than a pitcher's park. So I think he's going to be a pretty solid player all around. So maybe this is a little high. Could have probably bumped him down a little bit, but I'll go holiday here at six. Now time for the top five. Chris, who you got? I'm real pleased. All right. This one was... When I struggled with a lot, but Evan Carter, I'm Ooh. genuinely not sure. Like, Carter's a high floor guy. So I struggled with going this high on Evan Carter. But Carter was 19 last year, and Carter put up good EVs already. Like, his 90th percentile EVs were above average for minor leaguers, and he's pretty much a twig. Like, he could definitely go the Zach Veen route, and add to his frame. You look and the contact skills are really good. He doesn't chase. Like, his plate discipline is one of the, is probably top five in the minor leagues. You combine, like, contact plus chase rates. He doesn't swing often out of the zone. He does swing in the zone, which I love. Like, you know, Saris has talked a lot about this, like, C-swing minus O-swing, and his is really good. Like, it's 60-plus percent zone swing. It's 17% O swing. Like that's real. Like that's Juan Soto, like O swing numbers. Very, very good there. He doesn't miss on balls in the zone. He makes good overall contact. He said the plate skills are incredible. Carter was is just a gamer. Dude. He's a five tool player across the, the field. Like he's great in center field. He's got a great arm. He's got the bat. He's got developing power. And he's certainly got the speed too. So this one was uh bit of a struggle because there's putting him over some good names was really tough but ultimately i do think carter has that kind of upside and if what i saw with like with my eyes last year for several games continues and i think the data supports that then he's going to be a really good ball player and he's kind of a, a can't miss prospect he could get into that range i i think if i think the x factor with him is definitely the power like, he, like yeah. you said he, he's shown the speed He's shown the approach. If that power kicks up, like it has the potential to do, yeah, I definitely, cause I definitely could see him. Well, I, I had him what twenty or twenty one, whatever it yeah. was. I definitely could see him being top ten. I think there's that level of upside of that power gets up there. And there's a lot hinging on this, though. Like you said, the power is going to have to come around for him to do that. And even yeah. so, my thing is, I think that if he can get to fifteen to eighteen home runs, which is reasonable, then I still yeah. think the value probably lies close here and maybe maybe slightly less but I, I don't see why that that's not a potential option for him to get to at least like a, average game power i think people are going below average but i'm going with average game power with him and i think that that's going to play given everything else in his profile and dude six four one ninety, like he just right I, he really looks like to me that with an off season of work and adding to that frame then he could easily get there i mean last year he hit 10 home runs. So, you know, not great, but it was also just 475 plate appearances. I I do think that he could potentially be like a 
280 hitter that has a near 400 OBP with a close to a 500 slug. I mean, we saw that this year, and that's without a huge power uptick. I mean, he had 21 doubles and 10 triples. Like, we could certainly see some of those balls turn into home runs, I think. So I'm betting on that. That's uh, the other, the rest of the top five, probably not surprising, but Carter's probably the wild card, and I could probably put him anywhere between here and 15 and I, I wouldn't be upset with that. I Man, think Carter's- it, it, it's funny though. Sorry, real quick. Remember when he was drafted, I think a 50th overall yeah. by Texas a couple of years ago. And everyone was like, who it was, it was, it was like the, the Conor McGregor. I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, yeah. And now look at him. He's a guy that we're projecting as, you know, top 20 or top 10 prospects. So, Hey, can, you know, I'll give you a round of applause, Texas to you. Mm-hmm. You nailed yeah, that yeah. one for sure. Yep. So he's at five. To no surprise, probably I have Junior Caminero at four. I mean, cross the board, like this dude is just nasty. Like what he did last year, the numbers he put up for his age, like it just screams superstar, in my opinion. The combo of power, the combo of contact skills. It's like, yeah, like I really want this guy on every team. And I don't think it's too late. Like, we talk about, like, knowing when to trade for prospects. And, like, right now you don't trade for Jordan Walker. Like, I read something suggesting that. Like, don't trade for Jordan Walker right now. Just don't do it. His value is too high. Don't trade for any other prospect that potentially reached peak. Like, probably a bad time to trade for Carroll and Henderson, too. Like, their values could dip a bit. But despite the Caminero hype this offseason, like, there's still room for him to to profit. So I think you can still go trade for him and be all right. I mean, we're talking about last year in the minors, 314, 384, five, near 500, 480, 498 slug. So impressive slash, 11 home runs in 239 at-bats, and that was also with 12 steals. Then he goes to the Australian Baseball League this winter where he's almost eight years younger than the average competition. And he mashes 14 home runs in 155 at-bats with a 303, 368, 613 slash. This is while having a 90th percentile EV last year near 107. Like, insane numbers for his age. The plate discipline's good. He doesn't strike out. I don't know. Like, I just feel like this guy's a, a star in the making. I would go get him. So he's four. The top three, probably not surprising. I don't think any of these guys debut and, gra- and graduate. I could see my top guy debuting, but I'm going James Wood at three. James Wood, he's, man, so El- or Caminero fits in this boat with James Wood of prospects that, you know, were under 25 that had, you know, a select contact, zone contact rate and EV, but James Wood's EVs are just insane. Like, Wood, to me, screams top prospect. He could be number one. I wouldn't be surprised. Big guy, good athlete, runs. He's three. I don't need to go into detail on him. And the top two, Jackson Churio and Ellie De La Cruz. I don't think Churio debuts this year. Could be wrong unless like he just tears up double A and moves triple A pretty quick. But I don't think he debuts this year. And I do think Ellie De La Cruz debuts this year. But I don't think that he exhausts eligibility. Crazier things have happened. He could certainly break camp with a team and wouldn't be surprised. Like Crazier things have happened. I'm not banking on it. I'm kind of banking on him staying under that threshold and being ready to go in 2024. So the top five, again, Evan Carter, call me crazy, Junior Caminero, 
or Junior Caminero, I'm sorry, James Wood, Jackson Churio, and Ellie Dela Cruz. Yeah, I keep doing that too. I keep saying Junior because it's spelled like Junior, but it's not Junior, it's Junior. So I'm guilty of that as well. So my top five here, I have Elijah Green at five. So like we mentioned, he could be he he could be number one. Like I wouldn't put that out of the possibility, or he could be a guy that drops down like like Brady House dropped out of you know my top one hundred this year. Even though I do think he can bounce back, but such a wide range of outcomes here. But again, like this is why I have him in my you know my average rankings. I have him ahead of, of Jackson Holiday. OBP, I do have Holiday a couple spots ahead, but it's the reason why I have him so high and have him number two in my average rankings because you know or just in general. I do have him ahead of both. I'm sorry. But why I have him so high still is these are tools that you don't see very often from a guy his age. Like, so I've you know seen some evaluators say that he has the best tools that we've seen in the last 10, 15 years, like dating back to Trout and Harper. And that was what? Good, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago at this point. We're talking 70 grade power, 70 grade speed. You know, the arm is great. I know we don't care, but he's got a great arm as well but again it all hinges on the on the hit tool this is a guy that could put up led of the cruise type numbers this is a guy that could be early round fantasy asset down the road and i'm willing to bank on the the hit tool coming around like again even if he's just sniffs 50 or even 45 like that's probably still an early round fantasy asset given his power speed so he's at five for me i have four through one is jackson churio i i do think obviously I have him top five, so but I think some people might put him one given what he did such a young age. I get it, but I'm not quite as I'm Gaga over him, but not like Gaga over him. Like not, I'm not like Lady Gaga over. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I take that back. But you know I'm not like that Gaga over him to put him like number one overall. I think there's still some swing and miss to his game, and you know we've seen guys you no know, not to this level, but. I'm just a little hesitant just to go that high on him, but top five, he's already like top, I think six or seven in my rankings. I think he can move up a couple spots, but these three ahead of him, I like more. I got Drew Jones at number three. I do think the power comes along. I think he's going to have a huge jump rankings across the, you know, he's already pretty high, so he can't jump that high, but I think he has top five. I think he has top one potential. I think there's a lot of similarities to Corbin Carroll here. If the power comes along like Carroll's did, I think you're going to see like fast forward, you know, four or five years and Jones is going to be a guy that people are going to want on their teams and, and fantasy baseball. So I got him at three. I got, I think there's, you know, 270 plus average. I think there could be a 20 home run bat here and elite speed, you know, got the bloodlines obviously from being son of Andrew Jones. I love everything about Drew Jones. I am ranking him highly everywhere. And I think he's going to jump up into the top five this year. Got James Wood. At number two, obviously, you know, guy is a this is an absolute physical specimen. Like, could be playing power forward in the NBA, outside linebacker or defensive end in the NFL. The dude is just six six of power and strength and speed and athleticism, and he's shown that he's a better pure hitter that people give him credit for after the draft too. So, I think. He was, you know, the biggest get for for Washington. I think that deal wouldn't have happened, the Soto deal, if Wood wasn't involved in that, along with a bunch of other, you know, great players and, and great young players as well. You had to have a lot of them and then to get it done. But I think Wood was like the guy, like, all right, 
you put one in this deal so we can have, you know, another blue chip prospect. And I think he's going to be an absolute stud all around. I don't think he'll be too exposed. Like I said, he's shown that he's a good pure hitter. Like, I don't think that the bigger frame will limit him too much. Maybe it will. I don't know. You know, better pitchers can expose that with the bigger zone. We've seen that with other big guys like him. They have the longer levers, but I'm not overly worried about that yet. And then I have Jordan Lawler at number one. I think the speed is 25-plus bags. I think the power is 20-plus home runs. And, you know, there have been some concerns about where the hit tool lies, where the contact skills lie, but I think he's going to be at least a 260 hitter. I think he's got solid enough contact skills, and with his quality of contact as well and his speed, I think he'll run higher BABIPs than most. So I'm not overly worried about that. I think he can take a step forward in that regard, and I think that will be the X factor, though, is if that hit tool can, you know, if he can make gains with the contact skills this year, I think he's going to maybe be a guy that takes the number one overall spot Maybe even by, you know, June 1st. Again, we're going to have a new number one, new number two very soon because Carroll and Henderson are going to graduate by like April 5th or something like that very early in the year. They both only need like 10 or 20 at-bats to graduate. So we're going to have a new number one soon. Though, you know, Jordan Walker might be the number one for a little bit, but once he graduates by probably mid-season or so, well, you know, is it going to be Lawler? Is it going to be Wood? Is it going to be Ellie? Churio? A lot of fun names that could take over that spot. And you're probably wondering, hey, Eric, where the bleep is Ellie De La Cruz? I do think Ellie graduates. I do think because he got up to double A last year for 47 games. I'm I'm on the fence on where they have him start this year, whether it's double A or triple A. I can see both. We'll see. Maybe spring training performance could dictate that. But regardless, I think he's up to triple A by the end of May at the latest. And I think if if he keeps showing you know, these small improvements with his approach, with the contact skills, while still having the otherworldly power speed. I don't think he's going to get up and get like 400 play appearance or anything like that, but if he's going to, you know, all you have to do is exceed 130. I do think he gets up to like that 200, 250 range, probably up, you know, July, August, somewhere in that range. So I do think he will exceed and exhaust eligibility. If he doesn't, he's number one without question. Like no doubt in my mind, he'd be number one on this list. If anybody's wondering, he would be number one. So re- recap my top five as my voice continues to die on me. I have Elijah Green, five, Churio, four, Drew Jones, three, James Wood, two, Jordan Lawler at number one. Who were a, a few guys that you wanted to put in, Chris, but just couldn't? Christian Vaccaro. I do Ooh, think I like there's, that. there's a lot of upside there. And this is the time to buy on you know, these international prospects from the previous year's class when they struggle because it was a small sample in the DSL. Like, this talent is insane. So Vaquero was one. A couple others that I had down. I This is a name that nobody's in on and nobody's even probably even heard of. But I just threw it in for a complete wild card. And it's Jose Suarez with the Cardinals. He's one of the, like, least talked about, like, DSL guys. But you talk about otherworldly numbers as a 17-year-old. This dude put up a near 106-mile-an-hour 90th percentile EV and was 17 most of the year. And his zone contact was above 80%. So he did K 29% of the time. Chase is a good bit. But to have an average EV above 91 and that 90th percentile, a hard hit rate near 50% at 17, like you have to at least think that something's there. So Jose Suarez, Cardinals, check him out. 
it may be nothing. Like it was a small DSL sample, but the data is just absolutely berserk on this guy. So I at least threw him in as like a complete wild card. That's like, who knows? It could happen, but I don't really know. Harry Ford's in that discussion as well. Like I like Ford a lot. I think that he bounces back. Cam Collier's another one. I know that's not yeah. popular, but I like Cam Collier. I do what too, man. Did, I do too. Dude, his age. I mean, just what he did at his age in college ball at JUCO. Like, dude, graduated high school early to go play college ball and tore up the the JUCO league. Like he was insane in JUCO. Like he's a he's a real deal. Like I like Collier a lot. Don't really care if like, the power's there. Like the metrics support that. So I'm in on Cam Collier. Let me find one more just to throw in. I think Mason wins probably close. I'm concerned about his chase just from what I saw. Like Chase is a lot of breaking balls. And Adio Amador, I like Amador a lot. Like you said, I think he's a bit undervalued. He yep. probably easily could have been in my top 25. But again, there's a lot of names, and I'm just like sifting through all this stuff. I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> so, yeah, I may change it a bit. Like if I tweet this out, it may seem different. But Amador is very interesting. So yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of names to be in on. So there's just a couple more. How about for you? I actually I had seven other names that I just wanted, to, and I already gave twenty six because I couldn't count right. But so there are seven other names that I considered that I wanted to put in, but just couldn't do it. Two, three arms actually. Yuri Perez. I don't think Perez graduates this year, so he one that was he's already flirting top twenty five for me. I know he's higher for other people. I'm probably the low man on Yuri, though I still think very highly of him. But he's one. Gavin Williams again, similar boat could graduate. Probably doesn't. He's on the fence. Better than arm. I like a lot. I have Cam Collier as well. Oh, yeah, the third arm was FYPD guy Chase Dolander. Though I definitely think Paul Skeens and Rhett Louder probably should be included in this honor mention as well. As I think they could be, you know, flirt with that number one pitcher spot. With and I, I love Dolander a lot, but Skeens and Louder are very good as well. I got Collier. I got Max Clark in there. I think he's a guy that probably you know, enters my rankings unless anything changes between now and then kind of where I put like Tremar Johnson, that 30 to 35 range. So I think he's going to be close. And then two more that are just fun names. I think are definitely going to jump up rankings a ton, but how much we'll see Gabriel Gonzalez from Seattle and Benny Montgomery from Colorado. So a lot of uh, names. We'll see how this plays out. Ne- you know, we'll look back at this next year. We might have some ones that were like, Hey, we, we hit on those or man, we really whiffed on that one. But hey, that's the fun of this. That's the fun of, of prospect evaluating. It's like I said, prospect growth is never linear. Guys pop out of nowheres, guys fall off out of nowheres. That's one of the beauties of this game and of you know prospect ranking. So this was a really fun list for sure. We're we're uh, Yuri Perez and Gavin Williams close for you, or do you think they're gonna graduate, Chris? I think Yuri graduates. That's why he wasn't on the list. Gavin Williams was close, but I also think he could come up and yeah they could big leagues this year they both could graduate i don't really know how aggressive cleveland's going to be with him and they may put up tanner bybee before right Kevin williams and that's another possibility but so williams was close but also i'd say there's a chance he graduates i'm confident that yuri pitches 50 innings or at least spends enough time on the active roster which is crazy but i i don't know like i think there's everybody says they're so loaded and and they are the rotation is absolutely loaded, but I definitely think that there's a chance that we could see. I mean, maybe Trevor Rogers doesn't bounce back. I mean, Johnny Cueto was pitching BP today. I mean, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, Jordan Walker's gonna like he's gonna his ADP's gonna fly up 100 spots." 
Do you see what Cueto was throwing him? Like he was literally like an 85 mile an hour batting practice pitch down the middle. So I can't see Cueto sticking in this rotation all year. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. But Edward Cabrera has been injury prone. I think there's a spot for Yuri Perez, honestly. So he could be up by midseason. Yeah. And I hope some of my buddies from my home league are, ta- are listening to this because we had, we had our home league draft last, actually, it was on Monday on President's Day. And half the league was in person, the other half were online. And one of my buddies took a Johnny Cueto a lot earlier than any of us thought he would. And we, that kind of spawned into a big discussion. And I was like, dude, Cueto's not that good. He was good. I used to love watching Cueto. He's so fun to watch. But so it's kind of funny that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Cueto was throwing that today. I don't know. But it was fun to see La- uh, not Laura, Jordan Walker absolutely just destroy him. But yeah, Walker's ADP is going to fly up. It's at like what two fifty now. Yeah, and I bet you if you look at ADP for like the last week of March, it's gonna be top two hundred. But yeah, he'll get. Everybody will remember what happened with J Rod last year, and Walker will be in the top one fifty in main events. Oh, yeah. Almost guarantee it. Yeah, and there'll be some serious FOMO going on with with him. I'm I'm ninety percent confident he makes the team out of camp. Dude, so. me too. Me too. I I think. People are kind of poo-pooing it when I've been, you know, obviously I've heard a lot. The rumblings are there. People within that you know, follow the team, like Matt Thompson, for instance, is very confident in it too. So, yeah, I think it's definitely possible. With he's gonna If he mashes the spring training, he's going to get you know, all the opportunity in the world. So, yeah, I know we're getting a little, a little off the rails here. So we will cap it at that. This was a really fun episode. I hope it was enjoyable for ev- all the listeners. We will be back again. We got a three episode week, Wednesday and Friday for the other two episodes. But until then, everyone take care. Yeah.